Hey everyone, this is David McBee with the Twin Lakes Sports Network, and welcome back to another exciting edition of This is the XFL 2020. Got a lot of breaking news, a lot of information. This is going to be an action-packed episode, and of course, I'm joined by my co-host. He's back this week, the one and only Joey Shaw. So glad to have you back on This is the XFL. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. Thanks uh, for having me. It's a pleasure. Well, we were talking right before we uh, went on air, a lot of information uh, coming out today, a huge day in the history of sports, not just impacting the XFL, but the coronavirus. It's going to be impacting the XFL and then also just announced the NCAA tournament is not going to have any fans in the stands. And the XFL game coming up this week, Seattle and L.A. at Seattle, is not going to have fans. Huge news here, Joey. It is huge news. Uh, you know, going to be interesting to see how this plays out with uh, not having fans in the seats. Uh, hopefully it'll bump up their, uh, you know, the, the viewership at home, people at home watching it on the TV. So have to wait and see for that. Well, it's going to be interesting. And, of course, uh, the coronavirus uh, uh, kind of hit Washington, uh, was kind of the first location that it's hit in the United States. Uh, Washington Governor Jay Inslee called for a ban of gatherings of more than 250 people in an effort to try to limit the spread of the coronavirus. So the XFL, this is uh, it was the Seattle and the Los Angeles Wildcats game. It's going to be played with an empty building, and the game's still going to take place. It's going to be at 4 p.m. Pacific time at the CenturyLink Field. Without fans in the venue, it's still going to be broadcast live on uh, ESPN2. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, 250 people you mentioned, uh, that won't be simple uh, at all to accomplish, not considering what the players, the coaches, medical staff, and the other people it, uh, it takes to make a game go down, uh, not to mention the, the broadcasting and the crews there and the families that, that want to be along. Yeah, well, the uh, Dragons, of course, it's this is just heartbreaking news for the XFL. The Dragons have been – the uh, second highest rated attendance team in the XFL. Uh, they had 29,000 fans their first game, 22 the second game, averaging 25,000 fans a week. Uh, you know, they were looking at probably having about 20,000 because unfortunately the Dragons kind of struggling on the field right now, at one and four on the season. But uh, they got a very solid fan base. And this all kind of started uh, – because they found out recently a uh, concession stand worker recently tested positive corona for the coronavirus. And, uh, I mean, this, you know, I mean, they're talking about how it's going to impact the NCAA. I, the NCAA is going to still be fine, whether there's fans in the stands, because it's a, it's a league that's been around for a long time. But for a brand-new league trying to set up a fan base, man, this is going to hurt. Yeah, I agree. This is definitely going to hurt. That's a lot of revenue uh, being lost by by not having those uh, twenty five thousand fans in the stands uh, buying the, you know, concession uh, gate uh, uh, tickets. Uh, not to mention any of the souvenirs or something that somebody may buy while they're there at the game. So it's going to definitely take an impact on these teams, uh, especially with XFL being like you said. This is fresh. They're new, uh, but they've got McMahon behind them, so we've got the money. Well, and unfortunately, going to lose a little bit of money. I mean, if you break it down, if you say, you know, you know, 20,000 fans, let's say average ticket price is $30, you're 
you're looking at six, you know, six hundred thousand dollars right there that was gonna be incoming revenue to the league that they're gonna lose just off the attendance of this one game. So uh, you know, overall we know the XFL is gonna lose money this year, but you know, trying to build their brand and to be hit with something like this, it's just terrible timing for the XFL. Bad, bad timing. But hey, you know what? If they can weather this storm, uh, the XFL will be around for years to come. So that's one storm facing the XFL. And of course, it looks like, uh, you know, the NCAA and a lot of sports are going to be dealing with this uh, coronavirus. Uh, another thing that is kind of a, a storm trying to weather right now is the viewership. XFL ratings dropped for the fourth week in a row last week. Uh, started off pretty solid on Saturday. ABC on their first game had a 1.547 million viewers. The XFL on Fox averaged just under 1.5 million. And we had talked about on previous episodes, the goal of the XFL was to try to maintain 1.5 million viewers. And they were there on Saturday. And breaking down the numbers, hey, this I know you have some numbers on some of the Saturday's different sports comparisons. I thought they uh, competed very good on Saturday. That's right. There was a lot of action uh, in the sports world uh, Saturday. Uh, boxing on Fox uh, had 1.4 million. The NBA on ABC had 1.9 million. The PGA on NBC, 1.7 million. The NCAA on CBS, 1.5 million. NCAA basketball on Fox uh, was 683,000. So a lot of competition out there this weekend. Well, uh, they competed very good. I think that this is kind of a tale of two days. Saturday, I think, solid day for the XFL. Unfortunately, Sunday saw the big viewership drop for the XFL. FS1, the game on FS1, uh, went under a million viewers. The first games in XFL history to have under a million viewers. Only 767,000 viewers tuned in. ESPN and their late game, which ended up being a very exciting game between the Vipers and the Los Angeles Wildcats. Uh, unfortunately, uh, that game also dropped down under a million, 833,000 viewers. But you know that, and that was the headline. Hey, XFL has dropped below a million viewers. But when you really break down the numbers, they were pretty comparable on Sunday to other sports as well, Joey. Yeah, and speaking of uh, Sunday, the FS1, uh, the good news coming out of there, uh, I read somewhere that they num- they were the Fox, uh, excuse me, FS1. That is was number one in viewership among cable sports networks between four and seven. So it's not all doom and gloom. Yeah, and um, when you compare to other sports like soccer, 522,000, Major League Soccer on ESPN at 399,000, uh, National Hockey League on in, uh, NBC Sports Network, 549,000, NCAA Basketball on ESPN, 390,000. Of course, there was a couple big uh, NBA games this week that did blow the XFL away, but, I mean, when you're comparing it to some of these other sports, while – it's not bringing NFL numbers still overall pretty solid for a first year uh, league. Yeah. They got to be happy with uh, what's going on right now uh, with the exception of some of the, the, like you said, the, the bad news with the coronavirus uh, outbreak, but other than that, I think the XFL has got to be pleased with uh, their numbers. Well, and I know a lot of people they're comparing to week one, of course, week one, it was a new league. They had over 12 million people tune in. Uh, overall, a 63% drop in viewership. Uh, last week, 4.6 million. They averaged 1.2 million per game. Uh, 
you know, overall for the league this year, I mean, they've had 30, uh, 37 million people have tuned in to watch the XFL, which is an overall average of 1.9 for the whole season. So, yeah, I think it is a little concerning the amount of the drop, which is disappointing because the football is getting a lot better. Oh, yeah, definitely get more better. It's entertaining as well. Well, and, you know, we mentioned earlier, uh, Joey, about the coronavirus uh, really impacting the Seattle game this week. Uh, Attendance pre-coronavirus, attendance was actually looking pretty good. I know we've talked about some numbers that are down and and a lot of the negative going on, but overall attendance, last week we knew it was going to be down because you had a home game in Los Angeles and, you know, the other home games, you didn't have a game in Seattle or St. Louis. Of course, we're not going to have a game in Seattle or St. Louis again this week, but we knew attendance was going to go down a little bit, but still overall a solid week. Over 64,000 people uh, attended the games. Over 15,000, almost 16,000 in attendance. But some good numbers, especially when you're looking at the Houston Roughnecks. Their opening week had 17,000 fans. Last week, they they grew. They actually went up about 2,000 people. So I think a lot of people, there's a lot of excitement around the Houston Roughnecks. And uh, quarterback P.J. Walker is that team right now the only undefeated team in the XFL. So I was going to say, I mean, good reason to have some excitement around that team. Uh, that's the team that everybody's looking at, uh, and that's the team everybody needs to be going at as far as who's going to be the one to take down Houston uh, Roughnecks. Well, overall, right now, over 330,000 people have attended XFL games. It's going to be interesting to see how the corona envir- uh, the coronavirus impacts as now we start the second half of the first XFL season. But overall, attendance numbers still staying solid. And, you know, we mentioned, you mentioned about, you know, who's going to take down Houston. Of course, Houston goes to 5-0 and with their big victory this week. Uh, who's going to take down Houston? Right now, they got to be the team to beat. Uh, P.J. Walker has just been on absolute fire. He's actually getting a lot of other teams that are kind of taking a look at him. But uh, P.J. Walker, if I was to say first half part of the season, he's got to be my MVP. He's just been tearing it up. Yeah, the news is uh, surrounds that guy, but uh, uh, probably the, the best uh, quarterback right now in uh, the XFL. Well, so overall, I know we, we like to break down and show the viewership, attendance, viewership down a little bit, attendance, so staying solid, then – uh, but let's talk a little bit about around the XFL, Joey. I think you got a little bit of information that you wanted to share with our fans. Yeah, some of the news around the XFL this week. Uh, first, I'll start off with the Dallas Renegades offensive coordinator, Hal. And I'm, I may butcher this, but Mume, I believe that's how he pronounces it, uh, was, a, was unable to continue coaching. Uh, the team announced Monday, eight days after uh, uh, Mumel breaking his leg from a sideline collision with running back Cameron Payne. Uh, crazy thing is that Hal spent two and a half quarters calling plays from the sideline with the injury. That's just amazing. All I get is wow. Well, I was watching that game, and when he got hit, he bounced up fast. I didn't realize he had a broken leg. That is crazy that he stayed out there. Of course, you could tell just kind of watching him on the sidelines. He is a tough-as-nails guy to take a hit like that. Absolutely. And, again, all I got to say to that guy is wow, Hal. Absolutely amazing. Can't believe you stayed out there after that. And uh, moving on, uh, D.C. Defenders Beer Snake. How about that for some news? 
1,237 cup beer snake is the XFL's greatest tradition. Uh, even the XFL commissioner, Oliver Luck, helped out uh, Lock, uh, this, last week. Luck walked over and uh, to a section of D.C. Defender fans and handed a plastic cup to help them out. And I believe uh, he, he, chanting afterwards, uh, MVP. Uh, they've got the uh, MVP of commissioners of all sports, I'd say, with, with Oliver Luck. Well, man, the beer snake of D.C. has just been absolutely epic their last two home games. And I think that is a call-out. You know, everyone's been talking about Kaka Kaka, the St. Louis Battlehawks, and all their fans, and we've been bragging on them. But D.C., I mean, that's a beer snake that uh, St. Louis, on their next home game, I think they got to try to give their uh, give a run on that one, see if they can beat it. Hey, if any uh... – the team's fans that could do something. It's got to be the St. Louis. Well, they, they got some passionate fans out there. Well, passionate fans. And uh, unfortunately, and, and I'm just going to go ahead and run through a couple quick recaps this week. Uh, just going to share real quick uh, the uh, team games. But, uh, you know, right now standings in the West division of the XFL, Houston now has improved to five and zero on the season. And they are just running away right now with the uh, West Division. Dallas behind them now at two and three. Los Angeles, who's starting to pick up some fire, has improved now to two and three. Seattle at one and four. Unfortunately, Seattle kind of struggling. And we go to the east side. Big battle last week as D.C. got the victory over Seattle. D.C. now in first place and owns a tiebreaker over St. Louis is they're at three and two on the season. St. Louis with the loss last week falls to three and two, but right now in second place due to the tiebreaker. And the New York Guardians, who would have thought a couple weeks ago I was bashing the Guardians? I said they were playing like they didn't have a pulse. Well, they found themselves not only a pulse, but they found themselves a quarterback. Luis Perez has helped lead them to two straight victories. And now New York improves to three and two. And Tampa, unfortunately, Tampa, they played hard. They were they were very competitive against the Wildcats, but the Wildcat offense ended up taking over, and now Tampa Bay falls to one and four in this season. So uh, we're going to do a uh, quick recap on each one of those games uh, now that we've done our standings. And our first game of the week was the Seattle Dragons going to the Houston Roughnecks. It was a wild back and forth game as the Dragons coming in at one and three, taking on the Roughnecks, the only undefeated team in the XFL. Uh, BJ Daniels in his first start, he wasn't terrible. But he wasn't quite good enough to get the job done. He was 14 of 22, 114 yards, ran 10 times for 30 yards. He scored twice, but they were both on short runs on the goal line. However, Seattle's defense had no answer for Houston's offense and no answer for P.J. Walker. P.J. Walker had 351 yards, three touchdowns. He did have three turnovers, two interceptions, and a fumble. But P.J. Walker got the job done, and he was definitely looking for his big-time receiver, Cam Phillips, during the game.
So the Roughnecks come from behind, move to 5-0 and on the season. The Dragons fall to 1-4. and However, a little bit of controversy. Walker was kneeling out the clock. However, Walker took the ball, went to the ground, and it was clearly down with two seconds left on the clock, but the clock operator just let the two seconds run off, and it was the end of the game. ABC's announcing crew couldn't believe it, and it was clear Seattle should have had one more play to run, down nine points. Unfortunately, it never really happened, but we got to hear an explanation, or maybe not an explanation, of what happened. Well, the XFL ended up admitting the referee made a mistake. Seattle should have gotten the ball and had one more play to try to make it right, which we appreciate the transparency from the XFL. But the Seattle Dragons now fall to 1-4 and four as the Roughnecks move to 5-0. and oh. Well, the second game on Saturday had the New York Guardians going to take on the preseason favorite, the Dallas Renegades. But in this game, the Guardians pretty much had complete control of the game. The Renegades failed to score a touchdown on offense with backup quarterback Philip Nelson. Nelson was 28 of 49, 210 yards, but two interceptions. And Dallas finished with just 56 yards on the ground as a team. But New York... Didn't exactly tear it up. Perez wasn't great, but did just enough to keep New York in it. The Guardians' ground game ran for 144 yards, which is their season high, and two big pass plays that really turned the tide in this one. For the most part, it was a rough game to watch offensively, but the Guardians get another big win and go to 3-2 and two on the season, and the Renegades fall to 2-3. and three. But... There was one highlight as we got to see the second ever kick return touchdown in XFL history. So despite Walter's touchdown return, it was too much Guardians as they take home the victory 30-13. to On the first game on Sunday, it was Kaka, the St. Louis Battlehawks, traveling to D.C. to take on the D.C. Defenders. It was a low-scoring defensive battle that the D.C. Defenders just absolutely brought it and ended up taking the victory 15 to 6 but the story of the game was the beer snake of DC 
and not just the beer sta- snake, but the longest beer snake of all time. Quarter the beer snake, the cup snake, whatever you want to call it, is really taking. I mean, this is a lot. It's a lot of beers. The crowd went nuts. Those two guys are grinding in the middle in the white t-shirts right there. They are grinding. The poor guy in row one though has been holding that cup for 45 minutes. Yeah, I think that's a that's a lot of weight on the triceps to hold that up the entire. Now you figure you got to try and get on the top. You've got to get to the top. You got 15 minutes. You got one quarter. So DC now goes to three and two on the season, defeating the Battlehawks, who now fall to three and two in the season. And DC now takes the first place in the Eastern Division. Of course, the Battlehawks, uh, Jordan Tamau struggled passing, but the DC defense just brought it. And now their matchup later in the season is going to be a big one, as it could be for the Eastern Division Championship. And the final game of the weekend was the Tampa Bay Vipers going in to take on the L.A. Wildcats. And the Wildcats earlier in the year was playing like they didn't even have a pulse. And they started off the first half. It looked terrible. Down 24-6, to things were looking rough for Winston Moss's group. But then all of a sudden, Josh Johnson just went absolutely hog wild. And L.A. ended up coming from behind 24-6 to get the victory and go to 2-3 on the season. L.A. scored over 40 points, becoming the first team in the XFL to score 40 points as now the Vipers fall to 1-4. But after the game... Instead of talking about the incredible passing performance that Josh Johnson put on, it seemed like one of the main subject was, why can't he just get along with offensive coordinator Norm Chow? It looked like he was making a play. Coach, I, y'all doing way too much arguing and complaining. Call plays. Stop that. Stop it. So there's the downside. You talked yourself out of touchdown. I don't like what is Jordan doing. Hey, say. So LA is still alive with the big comeback victory, and that rounds out our games this week at the XFL. Okay, well we are back now, and uh, for. This is a segment that uh, we like to pick this week's games. So, uh, Joey, right now we got some good matchups this week. The Houston Roughnecks, they are going to New York to take on the Guardians. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the uh, Houston Roughnecks to go to 6-0. and Yeah, absolutely. The Houston Roughnecks all the way. Uh, New York's been struggling. Houston is a team to beat. Uh, unfortunately, I do not believe it's the New York Guardians. Yeah, the Guardians, and that's a game I think I'm going to be a little concerned about attendance. Of course, New York had only 12,000 fans their last game, so it'll be interesting to see who shows up at MetLife Stadium. But Luis Perez, he has brought a little bit of life to the Guardians, but I think right now P.J. Walker is going to be too much to handle. That's going to be the first game on Saturday. Then Saturday afternoon, the St. Louis Battlehawks are going to Tampa to take on the Vipers. And despite the Vipers looking better, 
in being more competitive, I think the Battlehawks are going to back bounce back and win this one. Yeah, I'm uh, St. Louis Battlehawks all the way for me. Not just because I'm a Battlehawks fan, but uh, uh, okay, maybe so. But St. Louis Battlehawks, caca, caca. Well, and and when you think about you know right now, St. Louis has only had two home games. They're going to be on the road, so they're going to have a lot of home games coming down the stretch. I think that might that schedule might end up really helping St. Louis as they go down the stretch. Uh, first game on Sunday is going to be the Dallas Renegades traveling to Audi Field to take on the D.C. Defenders. And I know a lot of us are going to be watching to see what the beer snake is going to look like, but I'm thinking the uh, D.C. Defenders are going to pull out the victory on this and improve to 4-2. and two. Definitely D.C. Defenders for me as well. Um, can't wait to see the uh, beer snake. So the D.C. fans have been very passionate so far this year. In our final game of the uh, weekend coming up, the Wildcats, they're going to be traveling to Seattle. Um, not going to be much of a turnout to that game, especially not going to be anyone turning out to that game. So uh, we'll be watching that on ESPN, too. But the Wildcats, uh, Seattle's offense looked a lot better with the change of quarterback. But the Wildcats have just absolutely exploded and I think if uh, Johnson, uh, he's blowing up at, at Norm Chow, the offensive coordinator, and all sorts of craziness, but the Wildcat offense is just explosive. And I think they're going to get this one because there's going to be no home field uh, crowd for Seattle. I think the Wildcats get Yeah, the, I, uh, I picked the Los Angeles Wildcats as well uh, over Seattle Dragons. Uh, like I say, it's going to be interesting. No fans in the seats. So hopefully uh, viewership will spike on TV because of it. We'll have to wait and see. Well, I, it, it's a tough thing for the XFLs, but hopefully, yeah, like you said, maybe this might, uh, maybe there might be an increase of ratings uh, to kind of help out the XFL this way. Uh, but, you know, this week, though, we need to go over, this is our segment we like to call the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I'm going to go ahead and start with my uh, good. And uh, my good for the week is actually for week five, attendance staying consistent. Of course, that's all got thrown out the window. But uh, overall, I think the XFL has to be happy with the amount of fans that are attending games. Yeah, my, my good is going to be the DC, DC Defenders beer snake. You just got to give it up for the beer snake. All right, my bad is uh, of the week is going to be the television ratings. Uh, I, I think while it is good compared to a lot of other sports like uh, soccer and hockey, the XFL doesn't want to be getting the same ratings as soccer and hockey. Uh, you know, hopefully, I'm just hoping that trend will at least stay at this same or maybe improve a little bit, but uh, it cannot continue to drop at the pace that it's dropping. I think I'd have to go with rating struggle. Mine is going to be uh, no fans in the seats this week's uh, at this week's uh, Seattle uh, Dragons versus the the Wildcats game. So uh, going to be uh, no 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 butts in the seats for me. Well, it's it's funny you mentioned that because that is actually my ugly of the week: the coronavirus impact on Seattle. Uh, I, I just hate that you know those Seattle fans have been so passionate and come out 
very strongly to support Jim Zorn and that team, even though that team has not looked very good. They have not played good, but the fan base has stayed really solid in supporting them. Uh, that's going to be my yeah. My, my ugly of the week is going to be the uh, <laughs> it's funny the rating struggle for the league, but uh, uh, so. it's like we just happened to uh, flip that one. Uh, so. Again, we'd like to uh, thank everyone for tuning in. Uh, this is kind of an action-packed, quick episode, but thank you so much for joining us here on This is the XFL. Of course, be sure to check out the Twin Lakes Sports Network Facebook page. And, uh, Joey, I know you're on the road. We kind of You kind of cut out for a second there. But, uh, but Joey, anything else you want to no, share with uh, the fans? No, just, hey, you can't be there in the seats this week if you're in Seattle uh, in the Wildcats uh, game. So uh, make sure to tune in on TV and uh, all the fans. Uh, let's help these guys out with ratings. That's what they're needing. So as an XFL fan, uh, get home, get your butt in a seat, sofa, recliner, whatever it is. Get your bowl of popcorn, your favorite refreshment, and get ready for some great football. Well, I would say a lot of times, especially with new leagues and new shows and things like that, a lot of times in the first few weeks there's that new car smell. Uh, right now, and, and you know about that, Joey. You sell cars. You know about the new car smell. Uh, oh, it's the, it's XFL, the best, the I new car smell. But... One had a lot of new car smell to it. Yeah. But un- unfortunately, the new car smell right now wearing off on the XFL, but what people are missing is the football is looking so much better. There are some exciting games. The Wildcat game last week was a fun game to watch. P.J. Walker, you know, bought, fought his way back as they ended up getting a victory. So, you know, sometimes even if the new car smell goes away, it's still a good vehicle, isn't it, Joey? Absolutely. Uh, that new new car smell is temporary, but the, uh, the the car of your dreams, you know, you can keep getting many, many uh, miles of, uh, of enjoyment uh, and memories uh, in that vehicle. I say that's what a vehicle is meant for, not just for getting you back and forth to work, but, hey, you take vacations, you go places, and hopefully you're making memories doing it, and hopefully you're watching the XFL and making memories. Well, the XFL getting to start off the second half, I would say right now my MVP for the first half has got to be uh, P.J. Walker, but a lot of teams really getting rolling. Uh, I think the Wildcats are going to be one to watch in the second half. And I think the Battle Hawks, with all the home games that they're going to have, uh, which hopefully nothing happens with coronavirus to impact them, because their their group is bringing it. They uh, announced this week they're opening up the upper deck. Hey, that's the something the fans game. and uh, it looks like they're going to get it. So uh, hats off to them uh, listening to fans. I do have to say, too, uh, credit to the XFL. Of course, a little bit of controversy in the uh, Roughneck and Dragons game, the uh, final play of the game. There was It was fourth and 23. P.J. Walker uh, took the final snap, backed up a few steps, and then took a knee. Officials actually said the game was over, and both teams walked off the field. However, the game shouldn't have been over when Walker kneeled on the ground there was at least two or three seconds on the clock, but props to the XFL. They made the mistake on uh, finishing the game early, but within minutes at the end of the game had a statement regarding the game saying that they did mess up, that uh, P.J. Walker touched the field, rendering him down in the fourth down play, officially completed with two seconds remaining on the clock. 
So the ball should have been turned over to Seattle on downs, and Seattle should have at least had one play to try to tie the game. But I think that is props to the XFL. That's something you never hear the NFL do. Say, know what? We made a mess. We made a uh, mistake on the call, and uh, they, they yeah, that's a breath of fresh air. Something like you say, you don't you don't see that every day in sports. So hats off the XFL for uh, standing up and owning uh, the mistake. So the uh, you know I hate that for Seattle fans. Of course, it seems like Seattle fans just getting bombarded with uh, that bad break and now this with the game, but. Uh, Hey, it's going to be a new week this weekend. Be sure to uh, check out uh, all the games, support the league. And those, we appreciate you guys supporting us. Make sure you uh, like the podcast. Give us a five-star rating. We had a we had a jerk the other week that gave us like a one-star rating. But the funny thing is he gave us a one-star rating, but he doesn't have the cojones to say anything about it. But, you know, we just enjoy the league. We love the league. I'm sorry, dude. That's kind of a, a douchebag move on your part to leave us a one-star rating and at least not give us a comment or put yourself out there because that's what we're doing. We're putting ourselves out there. We support the league. We love the XFL. And whether you uh, like it or you don't like it, he's going to have to learn to love us because we are the best thing going Woo! today, baby. And I hope you guys have a great week from all of us here at This Is the XFL.